welcome to the Shoot Hub podcast. You may have noticed that I'm not George. <laughs> My name is Gemma Raymond and I'm the Shoot Account Manager at Guns on Pegs. Uh, but don't worry, George is here as well as Digby Taylor. So um, I'd like to say hello, guys. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Gemma. Well, I, I, I don't know, George, if we should be saying welcome to Gemma or Gemma should be <laughs> saying welcome to us. <laughs> it's a bit confusing, isn't it? Because... Uh, well, I'm not quite sure who's the guest, who's the interviewer. <laughs> it, it's all a little bit funny, but um, no, it is. It is good to be back anyway, though. And uh, in the the grand old traditions of the of any podcast done by Guns on Pegs, we've had a bit of an unscheduled break in recordings, which uh, George knows all too well about. But we are back, and we've got some really exciting plans ahead. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We have got some exciting plans. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get out and do some on location recordings. Um, as part of this next little run of episodes get some exciting guests on as well i'm sure we will the really exciting thing though is that Gemma's going to be the new co-host going forward i'll probably still be around a fair bit um, and i'm sure digby will be around for most of them as well uh, but it's great to have somebody else on board isn't it diggers really really looking forward to it george what have you been up to what have i been up to i've had a few days out shooting which have been very nice the most exciting thing i've done is uh it was just this weekend um when i think i might have mentioned it on on shoot hub podcast before a few years ago the the county council uh built a new cycle way through the middle of the farm and as part of that they also dug uh, a duck pond or a pond um, and we'd sort of been joking about whether we might ever be able to shoot it. And uh, my brother and I went and sat out this weekend uh, for an hour and a half or so, and we shot the first ducks that have been shot on this farm for probably about 20 years. Um, it was very exciting. So that's council-funded duck shooting, which I that's wholeheartedly so <laughs> approve of. George, you know, I wrote an article a few years ago on how not to dig a flight pond. Yeah. I think you should, uh, you should write one on how to dig a flight pond with the answer being get the council to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a one-liner. Um, no, that's really exciting. Gemma, you've been out visiting a uh, shoot this morning? Yes, I have. Um, was on a shoot visit uh, sort of down near Portsmouth. Uh, way this morning which is really interesting um and some yeah interesting conversations but I must say guys it's I sort of feel like I'm on the wrong the wrong podcast here I'm sat here with a glass of wine and uh, a lem zip uh which sort of feels apt for the for this time of year and uh are either of you got a drink <laughs> no well we don't we don't normally do the what's at your drinking um segment on the shoot hub podcast uh, but I'm really glad you've got a got a glass of wine anyway um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what what I like is that you've balanced it out with a lem sip. Yes. If that is in any way going to help, no. in true uh, true Chris Horn fashion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, by way of getting the ball rolling again this week or this episode, rather, we're going to help you to get to know Gemma a bit first, um, and then we're going to look um, at the season so far. Do a bit of a mid-season report, market report, how things have been going as far as shoot sales are concerned. Um, and uh, pick Gemma's brains on uh, some of the co common questions that shoots are asking at the moment, and hopefully we can have a go at answering them for you. Before we do all of that, though, let's um, get to know Gemma a little bit. Gemma, remind me when you started at Guns on Pegs? I started at the end of July. In fact, my first day was actually at the game fair, um, which was definitely a, a baptism of fire. In fact, <laughs> I think the amount of people that said to me it was going to be a baptism of fire. Uh, if I had a pound for every time someone said that to me, um, it would definitely clock up. But no, so that's when I first joined. And yeah, so that was what, sort of three, four months ago now? Certainly a baptism of fire. Of 
fire. Um, but also quite a good way to start, I guess, because you got to know or meet a lot of the shoots who we speak to on a daily basis, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it was great to put faces faces to names. And especially now going forward, you know, it's really nice to think, oh, yes, I we have sort of met in person and, um, and, and use that a little bit, as well as some of those really interesting conversations at the start of the season to be involved mm. in that, you know, everyone's sort of asking, <laughs> what do we see going forward? And, and what's our predictions for the season? So um, yeah, it was, it's been nice to have been there at the start of the season I think yeah absolutely and I I, I you know I obviously know this because we um we spoke as you're interviewing but for the sake of everybody else <laughs> what, what 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 drew you to the role what made you want to be the shoes count manager at Guns on Pegs I was doing something completely different um in London and I've always grown up kind of in the countryside dads of farmers really um and that's been a huge part of my life and when I started looking for other jobs I, di- I just didn't really think that I would ever find a job that combined sort of my love of the countryside with work, really. Um, and then I saw the role advertised at Guns on Pegs. And uh, I remember said, I sent it to my dad saying, oh, my gosh, wouldn't this be amazing? And here we are. So that's kind of how I fell into it. And Gemma, you shoot, but um, what are there any other field sports and countryside activities that you're into? Um, well, riding um, has always been a, a big part of my life as well. Grew up eventing and now with time and work, it's sort of more, less eventing, more hunting, uh, which potentially I'd say is somewhat more enjoyable. Um, so when I when I can, I love, love to get out and, and do that. Good. Okay. So we do this with all of our guests, and I'm still not sure if you are a guest or not, Gemma, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> I am a guest. Do... I am a guest. Okay with that. <laughs> we, we do a little quick fire, either or round, no thinking permitted. You just have to say the first one that comes into your head. So Digby and I will take it in turns to fire these at you and I will start. So I'll start with uh, beating or picking up. Beating. Uh, Pheasant or partridge? Mm, Pheasant. Uh, Wales or Exmoor? Uh, Exmoor. Walked up or driven? Uh, Walked up. Labradors or Spaniels? Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, (laughs) I would... I'd probably say Labrador. Okay. Uh, and slow gin or damson vodka? Oh, that's also a tough one, that. <laughs> that. <laughs> um, probably slow gin. Pheasant curry or veni welly? Uh, if I'm shooting pheasant, then pheasant curry for sure. Oh, good answer. And we- wellies or boots? Wellies. Side by side or over and under? Uh, over and under. And uh, what about a 20 bore or 12 bore in your over and under? 20? I'd probably say, yeah. Very, very good answer. I got the feeling that you wanted to say both to slow gin or Downs and Volker and, um, and pheasant, pheasant curry or veni welly. Well, and Labradors <laughs> or Spaniels. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a few tricky ones in there. But yeah, God, people are going to think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of the course with these podcasts, so I think it's fine. So Labradors or Spaniels then, have you, you've got uh, personal experience of both, have you? We actually have Border Terriers, but my granny's got a lovely lab, so we'll go, we'll go on that one. Okay, right. So I think now that we've got to know Gemma a little bit, I thought what I'd do, guys, is I'd just um, uh, ask you a few questions about how the season has been progressing so far from a a shoot perspective. So maybe you can give me a bit of an overview. What's the current situation as far as the shooting season is concerned from the perspective of uh, availability and that sort of thing what, what where are we compared to other years I can't really speak for 
other years other than kind of the stats that that we can look at but i do know that that currently on guns on pegs we have double the volume of availability listed compared to what we'd usually expect at this time um and definitely kind of the conversations i'm having on the phones i probably speak to four or five shoots a day um that have more days to fill than previous years uh, digby i don't know if you would sort of see and say a similar thing i think so i still speak to the to you know shoot owners every now and then and uh and that's certainly the case a little bit of a little bit of concern i think it's probably fair to say mm. well so that was going to be my question is 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 there reason to panic um depends what your situation is i mean if you only sold 50 percent of your shooting and you still got a lot lot of days to go and we're halfway through ne- november then then yes but i actually don't think there are many shoots in that position now and uh and you know thankfully i think shoots have managed to get away an awful lot of the shooting that they had to sell at the beginning of the year i think it's worth saying that the traffic on guns on pegs certainly um and the fine shooting pages is as good as ever um so mm-hmm. demand or appetite for shooting um is certainly there it's not like people have given up um and you know don't want to shoot anymore um you know it, shooting still as popular as it, as it ever has been um, it just so happens we've got a little bit of an excess this year or had a little bit of excess. I don't know, Gemma, do you think we're seeing things improving at all from your end? I think definitely. I think there was a bit of a lull sort of at the end of the summer and then this sort of September, October has really picked up. I mean, I know sort of we're in November now, um, <laughs> but I think definitely, and well, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but that sort of last minute attitude and mindset, I think that guns have um, has changed things slightly, but I, I expect we'll sort of get on to get onto that. Yeah, and and I also think some of the guns have been really enjoying the um, extra availability. If if we've got availability from shoots they've never really um, had to advertise before, um, it's it's a really good position to be in. If you're a roving syndicate who wants to find new places to shoot, there's a much broader range of opportunities and options for them this year than there's ever been before. You know, dead man shoe shoots with um kind of thing Gemma you had a, a shoot in um in West Sussex with a day um uh you told you're telling me about like a, a wild pheasant day um yeah. on an estate that would never ever have had a day to sell in previous years so that's uh you know quite exciting if you're into that sort of thing and I, actually I don't know who's not into that sort of thing so quite exciting <laughs> whoever you are <laughs> yeah and so you mentioned that there's more availability um this time around um and you've You've hinted that that some of that is due to maybe people holding off a little bit, but are, are there any other reasons why we might be seeing more availability than we would do that we'd expect to at this time of year? Yeah, I think to do that, you have to sort of look back at the previous years that shootings had. I mean, COVID, AI, it's just and now sort of cost of living. I think guns have got used to sort of shooting less. They've got used to taking less days, and and now they're quite happy with, you know, shooting three or four when, you know, five years ago they would have shot 10. And I think that sort of attitude from guns has changed the market a bit. Yeah. And I mean, Digby, when we were last recording these podcasts, we were talking a lot about pulp prices and pulp availability and that sort of thing. So that that's obviously all now played out. Um, I, I can't remember if we made any predictions or not, but um, normally when we do on these podcasts, they go horribly <laughs> wrong. Um, but uh, what, 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 how did it all pan out, regardless of what we said would happen? We had RC, didn't we? Rich Crofts on. Oh, um, yes. I think I don't know if that was the most. Re- no, we didn't. We've had a couple of people since then. But um, Crofty was saying um, that uh, he could have gone out and bought a million eggs or chicks. 
think it was probably April, wasn't it, when we were recording, maybe May, um, uh, within a day because of the oversupply of birds early on in the year. You know, ev- all of the all of the game farms had quite rightly, I think, um, diversified and tried to look at other opportunities of um, where to get the birds from because of um, bird food the previous year. So there's been, there was a massive oversupply um, of birds. And that's meant that the price, um, having been at sort of £6.50, £6.75 for a poult, if you bought pheasant poult, that is, if you bought it in February or January, and by the end of the year, I think we were hearing sort of £3.50, £3.95 in, on the odd occasion um, per pheasant poult. So, you know, that that presented an opportunity, I guess, for shoots to to increase the um, the number of birds they were putting down. I also think if, if you're a game farm, which many game farms are these days who have uh, a shoot of their own um if you've had a good rearing season and you know you've hatched i don't know uh mid 80s as opposed to late 70 percent of um eggs um you've got those extra birds that that you can um, release onto your own shoot so everybody's you know we had a good rearing season by and large um and the price was reduced there was an oversupply so i think a lot of people were were increasing the number of birds they put down on their shoots than, um, than perhaps they're expecting to and certainly than they had sold originally. So that's part of the reason for for more days, more birds to be shot on these shoots than than in previous years. But then I guess the other thing that we have to take into account is that, that as far as shoot costs go, uh, you know, the poults are a significant bit, but they're not the not everything. And uh, I think I'm right in saying that the, the census showed a pretty sharp increase in the price of a shot bird uh, back in at the back end of june when we when we conducted the survey um how has i mean that has to have had an an impact right yeah for sure i mean with the average price of a pheasant increasing from 45 i think it was 45 pounds 81 to 50 pounds 50 at the same time it's fairly clear that guns can afford to shoot a smaller number of days or smaller bags even though appetite has kind of remained consistent. Yeah, so I, th- I think the census showed that that basically people plan to spend the same amount uh, as they have done uh, in, previ- in, in the previous season. Um, but obviously, if that price goes up, then that budget goes a little bit less far, doesn't it? Which then makes it harder for, for shoots to shift those days. Or shoots have got to shoot smaller days or, uh, or, or fewer, bigger days. And um, it's all kind of compounding, isn't it? Yeah. There was another really interesting stat that came out of the census, actually, that was in sort of July, which was that guns had bought two thirds of the shoots that they were planning on shooting that season. So there was still, you know, there was still that mindset of I'm going, I will, we will be purchasing more later on in the season. So uh, That's really worth bringing up because we have seen inquiries increase over the last few weeks, as Gemma, you said earlier, um, and there's still a lot of shooting to sell, but there is still a lot of demand. Um, Gemma, you sent an email out over the weekend to all of our mailing list on guns on pegs, that is, um, saying, you know, we, we've got some availability, check it out. Um, and I, I honestly, well, George, you're the um, newsletter expert, but I've never seen so- something go down quite so well. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to look properly at the statistics, but, um, you know, based on uh, uh, a quick look at the, at the analytics, it looks like um, traffic was very strong over the weekend. So, I mean, so much of this, I think, does come down to, um, you know, people. It's now, you know, nearly halfway through November as we're recording. And that means that lots of people are seeing people out shooting, aren't they, uh, on Instagram or or whatever. And I do think that that, um, that FOMO, that fear of missing out 
kicks in about now when you think oh i better yeah better line up a few days or you've had a day out and you think crikey that was good uh i better try and get a couple more days in before the end of the season how are shoots reacting though what what are shoots doing if they have got um well, just just before we move on i, I always forget it because it feels like such a long time ago but bird flu uh we're sort of forgotten talking about it now and we shouldn't really because there's always a risk um and you know biosecurity measures are as important as ever um as all of the vets will tell you but um in terms of the risk to the guns we, we haven't really discussed it in the last sort of four five six months really but when people started buying their shooting in january or february um bird flu was very much on everybody's minds they just had days cancelled towards the end of the season last year and some people weren't having their deposits refunded so there was that real delay in in inquiries uh, through guns on pegs and across the board really for shooting this year with guns not really wanting to part with their cash if there was a risk of losing their money due to bird flu cancellations or whatever might have happened it turns out thankfully that we managed to have got through the, certainly the start of this season unscathed so it hasn't been a talking point at all but I don't think we, you know, we can't forget that. So, you know, even though inquiries are the same as they are, not, you know, pretty good at the moment on guns on pegs, there's a long way to catch up on because of the slow start. So, yeah, that's sort of the, the final factor, the one that often gets forgotten about, but I think is very, you know, important to bear in mind. Yeah. And, and thinking about the birds themselves, I mean, the summer was kind of okay you know birds going out to to release pens i think broadly the weather was all right october has been pretty interesting from a weather perspective how how are shoots reporting that uh, that their days that they've had so far have gone i've heard very very positive things actually um the shoot that i was seeing today was saying some of the best you know he would he'd shot there for over 30 years and everyone that I speak to and actually I think for shoot this is really frustrating because they've had such good days and they've you know everyone's enjoyed it they've had great feedback um you know there's still more availability so it's that oh it's going really well we just want we we've got room for more people to come and kind of experience what we can offer oh so often the case isn't it yeah. It's so frustrating when things are going well. Um, you've got excess availability, and when things are going badly, and you're tight for, you know, you're struggling to fulfil your days. That's when, um, that's when, when you're you've got another three days that week to to shoot or something like that. Yeah, you always want what you can't have. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's. I mean, it strikes me that there's no such thing as a normal year in in running a shoot. But um, this year, you know, things are a bit abnormal. But that doesn't, I think, mean that, um, you know, that the end of the world is nigh for shoots. There's definitely opportunity out there. Um, what do you think the opportunities are for shoots th- uh, for the remainder of this season? I think there's huge opportunity out there. Um, we're definitely starting to see more inquiries come through as sort of those inquiry patterns head back to what we would usually see in inverted commas. Um <laughs> Uh, one thing that I've really noticed is the discounted days and last minute availabilities are absolutely smashing it. Discounted days is a really interesting topic of discussion. Maybe it's something I think we could cover in another episode. Um, but there's, yeah, there's huge opportunity there um, for shoots that want to go down that route. Go on to give us your little, your little um, sort of one minute or on discounted days. What What's the benefit of doing it if you're a shoot? Why might someone want to discount? Why might not you want to discount? 
Oh, well, yeah, it's really interesting. If you've got, I mean, if you're looking at your diary and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I've got five Saturdays coming up and you just want them gone, you whack them on sort of a 15, 20% discount. And I'd be surprised if they were still there two weeks later. There's the argument where, do you just want to get them gone? There's also, I was speaking to a gentleman today about it and he was saying, I really am not keen to discount my days because I don't want people who have paid full price to see that I'm discounting it and feel sort of cheated. And I also am thinking sort of seasons in the future. I don't want people to think that I will just discount it for them or or guns to hold off paying, hold off booking because they know I'm going to discount when actually you need those deposits to come in earlier in the season and you want people to book early because of those deposits. So there's such a 50-50 argument about it. I it's a strange, such a strange time because the guns are kind of in control of the market at the moment. And I don't think that's something that we've ever really seen. It's always been the other way around. What what do you think, Digby? When when we built the, um, the functionality for shoots at discount, we never, ever expected it to be used as it is being used this year. It was built for days where the deposit had been paid and someone's had to pull out um, and a shoot had already got 50% up front. And they wanted to sell a last minute day. And in order to do so, you had to give a price incentive, you know, deposit being paid um, 20% off, then the shoot will return that 30% or, or you know, two thirds of that deposit back to the gun. Um, and they'd say, sorry, it's last minute. So we kept that 20%, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? And then so when we see a, a year like this one where people are really, really struggling to sell shooting, um, mm-hmm. I guess shoots have taken advantage of the functionality um yeah. and sort of and well some shoots i know are selling at a loss which is which raises those questions you thought about in terms of what happens next year um what about your existing guns all interesting thoughts and it, it comes down to you know your individual situation some people i know will never discount um and would mm. rather not sell the day than discount others are seeing it as an absolute lifeline and saying well we would never have sold this day if we didn't have that opportunity exactly yeah and Gemma, you rightly say that it's a buyer's market. So mm. it's all about making your place stand out from the crowd or offering that little bit of extra incentive. If people are not comfortable with the idea of discounting, are there any other ways that they can, What you know, what else could they be doing to try and make that day that they need to get sold? Assuming, you know, that they're in the need to get this sold camp. Um, what are, the, are there any other things that they can do? Yeah, I think we're seeing such an appetite for slightly smaller bag sizes. Um, so I've spoken to lots of shoots about that and also kind of walked up days, really popular. I think it's about trying to be a bit creative with it and thinking, what can we do slightly differently? Um, and I also was chatting to Digby actually about this in the office last week. We've seen a real hunger, I would say, actually, from from new guns and people who are really keen to get into shooting. And I think that first step can be really scary um, to go, you know, go and buy your first day. So speaking to some some shoots and saying, well, actually, if, if you could just put sort of a line or two on your, on your page saying we really welcome new guns, if, you know, of course, if if, if you do welcome new guns, isn't it? and that can just slightly appeal to a wider audience. And why do you not? I mean, if, if we need to get more people into shooting. I mean, they're a captive audience, really, aren't they? If you get them in shooting with you for their first ever day um, and they love it, which we really hope they do and and lots of well yeah you, you, you can tell by the numbers how many people have got into shooting and loved it if they love shooting with you then 
um, you've got them forever, really, which is uh, always a little bonus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also there's also a couple of ways of reducing the price. So as you know, just on top of that, as well as um, uh, well, no, Gemma, you mentioned bag sizes. I mean, essentially, reducing your bag size by twenty percent is the exact same as um, as reducing your price by twenty percent. I well, not quite, but <laughs> uh, if you're if if guns have a budget let's say of you know a thousand pounds per peg or 250 pounds per peg even if they if you're shooting now is 600 pounds a peg rather than the 500 pound budget why you know it's worth looking at reducing your bag size down so that it falls below that 500 pounds so so people with only 500 pounds spend on a day can afford to do that Mm. and that ties in quite nicely with those sort of no frills days i know shoots as well they try to cut those costs by doing sort of bring your own 11s is you know there's loads of options out there yeah so uh, what what the, what does the census tell us then i, I can't remember the stat what does it say about the kind of bag size that that's the sweet spot so to speak for for guns i mean so i think the average bag last season was 118 have i got that right digby that sounds familiar i know it's around the 110 mark so yeah yeah so i mean obviously that does present a challenge because i know that a lot of shoots would say that they they don't really break even um until you get to around 200 um but i don't know if i i uh, i've definitely spoken to you guys about this but i'll just quickly relate it uh for for anybody who hasn't listened to the main guns on pegs podcast we had our guns on pegs podcast shoot day for some of our listeners recently where we effectively shot two simultaneous 150 bird days so we had effect we had two teams of guns sharing pegs and we did a system where we shot we had six shots each and then swapped so everybody shot all the drives but we but the cost was split uh, across twice as many people so it was still a profitable day for the shoot but uh, it cost each individual gun half as much as it otherwise would have done to be on that day and i thought that was a really interesting way of doing it and it might be something that some some other shoots fancy exploring it takes a little bit more organization but it was such a fun day having more people there and and we also um did a a thing where it ended up so that you were not standing with the same person on each drive and it was such a fun day and uh certainly from from the outside from the gun's perspective it didn't look like it was too much more work um so that's quite an interesting idea i think i remember digby as well um just on the on the sort of discounts bit again i'm sure that a year or two ago there was somebody who was kind of offering bonus birds. So rather than reducing the price, he'd kind of keep the price the same, but say, if you book on, I'll chuck another 50 birds in the bag for you kind of thing, or the the whole no overages or uh, that kind of thing. Is is, you seeing much more of that this year? It's it's the same thing, isn't it? It's just another uh, slightly more uh, positive way of looking at it, isn't it? It's another way of spinning the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, another, yeah, exactly. And, that yeah certainly that or or actually if if back to the um thing Gemma was saying about your existing guns being upset i've been speaking to a shoot recently i can't remember who but um who was uh who was offering discounted overage to his existing clients so he go to all the people who booked days with him between now and the end of the season and said if you want to shoot an extra 10 20 50 100 even you know our normal overage is free overage is 10 percent if you want to go over that um have this you know, exceptionally good discounted rate and the marginal cost on those um, additional birds is much smaller. All fairly simple ideas, but as Gemma said, it's about being inventive, I think, and trying new things. Hopefully we've sort of shown you that people want or, or 
um, you know, Gemma was saying about that 118 number. Guns want to shoot smaller bag sizes. Budgets aren't stretching. What can you do to encourage people to come and shoot with you for um, within their budget this year? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there's lots for people to to get their teeth into there. Um, I think hopefully that will be really useful. So, I mean, it feels funny to be talking about this since we're kind of only really just into the meat of the season now. But I'm sure that lots of shoot owners will be looking to the future, and um, you know. Um, uh, certainly anybody who's got an overwintered rearing flock or anything like that's going to be thinking ahead to next season i've already said that making predictions is dangerous especially when it's uh, <laughs> when it's recorded for posterity but like what what do you what's your your feeling rather than your prediction i was just about to say count me out george i'm gonna let gem uh, answer this one <laughs> <laughs> um it's really it's really difficult. I think we have to remain hopeful. I think, I think you know, costs costs are decreasing. Would you agree with me on that, Digby? I think you know, depends. Stats are stats, aren't they? You can look at them in slightly different ways, but we are seeing an increase in demand, especially on our website, our inquiries page, um, for sure. Yeah. So if you look at it like that, you know, costs decreasing, demand increasing. There's plenty to be positive about for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree there. I mean, um, next year's a totally different year. Um, uh, people have already recognised that the cost of putting on a shoot day has decreased from where we thought it would be in February. Um, so, uh, you know, game feed, um, uh, fuel uh, being the two main ones that have, have dropped off a little bit. Um, well, wheat, of course, a component of game feed. So hopefully... Um, we won't see those fifty pounds, fifty pence per bird next year, and maybe we'll drop down under the fifty pound mark on average. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think and I think a, a season packed full of you know really good days, like you're saying earlier, Gemma, about um, sort of uh, strong flying birds and that sort of stuff, like um, like we've been hearing, will um, will make people want to shoot more next year than they did this year, with any luck. And and with regard to Poults, which is obviously part of where all of this has come from. Are we going to see yet another correction in the poult supply market compared to, to this I, season? I, I think I think it needs a bit of a correction. <clears throat> Things often work like this. They sort of swing one way, then swing the other, and then gradually they get back to equilibrium. What that equilibrium price is, who knows? I think we need someone to talk about it. Maybe that's a, a podcast topic for one of our next ones, George. That's a very good um, idea. But... But uh, I, as of yet, haven't heard anybody um, mentioning prices for next year. Um, you know, I don't think it will be the six pounds fifty, six pounds seventy-five that we saw um, at the beginning of this year. But I certainly don't think it will be three pounds fifty, three pounds ninety-five that we saw at the end of this year. Um, probably somewhere slap bang in the middle uh, it's between yeah. the two. I think I can say without without being too. <laughs> so only only the hundred percent variance. <laughs> yeah, and um, and what about like the people who who've dipped their toe into the to the waters of rearing their own this year? Do you think people are going to continue doing that? Have people enjoyed that experience? Yeah, or? I, I, I no, I I know a lot of people who've um, decided not to rear next year. Um, yeah. So that is the that is that is the excess supply potentially. Um, who knows whether their minds will change when they get to it? But um, yeah, uh, I know a lot of people who said not again. Thank you very much. Or so, we've just start we just started and it didn't go to plan. So I expect if we had uh, George Davis on or uh, or Will Horner from Cambrian or someone like that, they'd be saying 
you know get your orders in early because that helps everybody to uh to make their plans i i feel quite strongly about this with the six pounds 50 down to three pounds 95 i've spoken to a lot of people who bought their birds at six pounds 50 and are delighted to have done so despite the fact that they could have saved two pounds 50 um if they bought later because it's it's helping um the shooting season go round. we can't carry on waiting for last minute discounts it's just not how it's not how it should work that's not how the the nobody can afford to rear if they haven't sold the birds um so get your orders in pay your deposits you might end up who knows you might end up um saving yourself or or, or losing 50 pence because they might come down by 50 pence towards the end of the season but equally next year you might end up saving yourself two pounds 50 if there's a shortage of birds and prices suddenly go back up to Mm. you know nine pounds rather than six pounds 50 so you never know and i expect it will balance out in the long run the bird flu year for example people were selling birds at ridiculous prices because there's a shortage the following year there's an excess so we were selling at ridiculously cheap prices um i think if you get your order in at the same time every year you'll probably balance out in the end um and that's certainly the most responsible and helpful thing to do for the shooting world yeah yeah. without sounding too pious about it (laughs) (laughs) so okay right last all then uh before we start wrapping up i'll give you guys a chance to uh to plug uh your services what can what can guns on pegs do to help people uh for the rest of this season and and then for for next season as well to help guns or to help shoots or or both george well i suppose everyone but i this is the shoot hub podcast so let's focus on shoots first well we're already seeing such a demand for next season that interest is there which is great um so i would definitely say i think Dibby would agree with me on it it's always best to get started early you know get get your page up let's get it looking really smart um you know you're also it's sort of brand building um as well and you know what's the harm in in sort of getting them up now and yeah i mean if you can if you can sell your shooting or start selling your shooting now even if it's a day you get away before the end of this season for next season that's a day fewer you have to sell next year um so yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely echo that get started early get your page looking smart um don't leave it too late probably do you know what that uh that get your page looking smart i mean ever since i joined guns on pegs back in 2019 it's been a constant bugbear of mine that people i don't think put enough care into their guns on pegs listing page it is your shop window it's one of the only shop windows you have especially if you don't want to do social media uh, or don't know how to you know the photos you have on there the words that you have on there the descriptions you have on there they are absolutely everything that is what gets people to hit that inquire button nothing else can i really drop you in it here i think i've heard you previously <laughs> telling me that for upgraded shoots though you know uh, I, for those of you who don't know you know it's free to advertise on guns on pegs um but we've got upgrade packages if you want to sell more days you have previously offered or certainly mooted the idea of smartening people's pimp them my profile i think pimp my it. profile yeah um yeah. can i still offer that service of yours to our upgraded shoots <laughs> or is that <laughs> i would be you can't say no now can you i would be absolutely delighted if you started offering that to people i'd be even more delighted if they started taking it up i think you know i would be very happy to simply have a phone call with people and just say you know these are the things that you need to be saying although actually 
you know, you and Gem are perfectly well qualified to say that as well. But if somebody does want help with the writing side of it, I can either point people in the direction of, of people who I would trust to be able to write a great shoot profile for you, or I'm sure we could find a way of doing it internally as well. Well, there you go. There you go. And photos as well. You know, <laughs> there's lots of so many great shooting photographers out there. Um, get some cracking photos. That's what gets people's heart racing. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, George. Yeah, well Glad, said, thank, George. thank you for offering. <laughs> <laughs> Creating more work for myself, as yeah. always. Right. Well, I think that's been a really helpful conversation. Um, Gemma, before we go and wrap this all up, how have you found your first podcasting experience? Well, uh, yeah, I think it was all right. My lem sip is untouched and my wine is now finished. So <laughs> I think that uh, says says it all really but no really enjoyed it guys thank you so much for having me well we haven't finished quite well, not, yet not not just yet oh. Gemma. <laughs> you thought I you thought got away it. with it yeah oh. <laughs> no so the way we like to wrap up the shoot hub podcast is to put you on the spot and ask you so if you had the power to change just one thing about shooting and everybody had to comply with your new rule upon pain of death, what would that one thing be? Oh, it's such a good question. I was listening to some other episodes earlier um, and I'd, I'd love to say kind of bring someone shooting who hasn't been before, but I, I think that one's already gone. So I think I would say that, so let's say you took home a brace, you then have to make something absolutely delicious with that and take it into your office or you know give it to your neighbor who doesn't know anything about shooting um and start that conversation about kill to eat and conservation because i don't think as kind of a community i know you hate that word word george not community as a group we we don't sing and shout about all the conservation work that goes on out there and it's amazing and i think something like that is a really fun and easy way to kind of get get those conversations rolling i uh, i love that i want to work with you Gemma. So well, i'm looking no. <laughs> forward to receiving a partridge curry in the office on tuesday or something like that <laughs> it's such a great idea though because food is such a great way to get to people and um you know i know that in the office we're all great advocates for for game uh, as as a as a food source so yeah i think what a great idea i'm fully behind you on that one you've got my vote yeah. absolutely no really good one <laughs> past good cool. thanks guys right that's it thank you so much for listening uh do get in touch and let us know what you thought you can email pod at gunsonpegs.com we'll be back soon with another episode but until then stay safe out there and thanks for listening